Welcome to Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. Well, hello, 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 everyone. It is a hot, hot, hot summer, probably, wherever you are joining me from. Welcome to Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. My name is Lisa Wilkerson, and I hope that you're surviving this summer heat. I'm getting ready to take off for a quick trip to see my mom and whatnot, so very excited. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about misconceptions. Hence the title, Sushi Every Day and Other Misconceptions. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the real people. People in Japan do not eat sushi every day. I don't know how many times since I've come to the States that I've been asked, oh, you grew up in Japan, so you must love sushi and you must eat it all the time. What's your favorite sushi restaurant here? Blah, blah, blah. So this whole thing about Japanese cuisine is only sushi just kind of drives me crazy. Um, But that is kind of, you know, the deal. That's, I feel like so many people kind of think that. Um, well, they think sushi or they think ramen, right? Because that's a whole nother thing too, how in Japan, everyone eats ramen all the time. Now, I will add to that, though, that Japan, people in Japan do eat a lot of ramen. So that kind of is true. But they don't eat it every day, just like they do not eat sushi every day. Um, when I moved to Japan or when I moved from, from Japan to the States in 2008, Um, And I was reaching out to people, you know, just kind of connecting some of the people I knew from before um, and others, you know, were people that were either, you know, oh, you need to connect with this person, you know, you might be able to do something with them, blah, 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 right? And so I was reaching out to a lot of people and I cannot tell you how many people responded and said, yeah, it'd be great to meet up. Let's meet up. You know, I want to take you to my favorite sushi restaurant. And I'm thinking to myself, first of all, that's a little bit presumptuous, you know, like just assuming that I want to have sushi. And I, you know, I understand. It's kind of like, oh, you love sushi. You come from Japan. Let me take you to my favorite place. It's this really weird thing. But, um, But then another thing is that I thought I was very entertained by was, I'm coming from Japan, which is the land of sushi, right? If you do want to have the best sushi in the world, obviously you can find it in Japan. Um, so why would I move here to the U.S. and why would I want to have sushi right away? Like I just did not understand that. Um, I talked to so many of my friends about that because it was just so baffling to me. Um, but you know, yeah. So first of all. I don't mind sushi, but I never really ate it growing up. My parents don't really like sushi, so I never really ate it. And I hate, 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 hate wasabi. I cannot eat wasabi. Um, In fact, I get like a physical reaction against wasabi. This is not just with sushi. This is with anything, um, if it's even touching, or even if it's in something, like say rice crackers or Japanese senbei, right? If it has sembe, if it has wasabi in it, then 
I get physically, I get sick. Um, which, you know, you can have sushi and you can have sashimi without, obviously without wasabi, but I really never ate sushi growing up until I started working in Japan. Um, and then I would sometimes have sushi, you know, I mean, it was one of those things where, especially working at the radio station at J-Wave, um, there were quite a few times where we had guests from, you know, overseas and I was with the, you know, programming staff and, you know, to kind of help out. And um, so I have had some amazing sh- sushi because, you know, I was there and it was work and I didn't have to pick up the dab and, you know, and it was it was great, but it's definitely not one of my favorite things. Um, now, and here's the thing too, ramen. America is crazy about ramen. And I understand in my family, most of my family members really like ramen. I'm not a big ramen girl either. Um, and here in LA, you can find so many different ramen restaurants. And what I find really funny too is there's so many of them that are dedicated to tonkotsu ramen. And that, I don't know, like tonkotsu, of course, is something that you see in Japan all the time. But I feel like that's not the main ramen style that you see in a lot of the ramen restaurants, right? So that kind of, you know, piqued my interest a little bit when I started seeing all these tonkotsu ramen places in LA and um, and not just here, like in all my travels, I've seen so many ramen places and um, all great. You know, I'm happy. I'm glad that, you know, Japanese cuisine is, you know, getting out there and a lot of people know about it. But for me personally, I much prefer um, cold soba or buckwheat noodles. And in fact, especially in the summer, there's nothing like tenzaru, which is tempura with cold soba. Uh, that's absolutely my favorite. And just to give you like a little example, I went to um, an area called Little Kansai or Little Osaka, which is here in LA. And it's not too far from Santa Monica and the beach. Um, and they have tons of Japanese restaurants, right? They have, uh, re- you know, a really small but good Japanese grocery store as well. They've got a little bakery going on. They've got the Daiso, you know, the 100 yen store or dollar store. Um, so, you know, it's got a lot of great places. Beer Papa, which I love, which is the um, shoe cream or um, shoe puffs, I think is what they're called here. Um, so, you know, tons of great food. And I was with a girlfriend of mine and the ramen places, which of course they've got like four or five in that two block area. Um, and they're all lined up, right? So many people waiting to get in. Meanwhile, we go into a soba place, um, which there's only one of, and we were the first people in there. Um, and this was around 1 p.m., right? So this is kind of prime time as far as lunch goes. Um, and then, you know, a few more people trickle in, but even when we left, there were only four people there um, besides us. So obviously, the uh, people here in America love their ramen. Um, I really wish they'd give a little bit more love to soba because I do think, like I said, one of the favorite Japanese 
um, dishes. And then in winter, I do love udon, which is the thicker white noodles and usually comes in some kind of really amazing um, sauce. And, you know, that's really good in the winter. But ramen and sushi. Yes, people, we do not eat that every day. Now, in Japan, when I go with clients to eat, or maybe I'm with a really big group of friends, and I don't know some of the people, um, you know, and we go to Japanese restaurant, I can't tell you how many times someone will kind of look at me and, you know, get ready to eat. And I pick up my hashi or my chopsticks and they're like, oh, sugoi, hashi jose da ne. You know, which means, wow, you're so good with the chopsticks. And I'm like, what the heck, people? <laughs> so if I want to be a smart ass, and sometimes I do this, I'm like, you know, which means, oh, but you're good with the fork. And then they kind of figure out what I just said. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then that shuts them up. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I don't know. It's kind of interesting how... And you just, you see this a lot of times in Japan. This is not just with like the hashi thing, right? Of course, even with, you know, the cabs, I get in a cab in Japan and I'll say, Shibuya made onegaishimasu, right? Which means I want to go to Shibuya and they'll be like, you know, like, oh, your Japanese is so good. It's amazing. And I'm thinking, I just said one sentence. Come on, people. But yeah, so um, now another thing that is another misconception is I will, you know, I go to a lot of these anime conventions, right? And I do panels such as uh, Tokyo Destination, which is really a panel about planning a trip to Japan. You can do it on the cheap and you can find really cool stuff. Um, When I do my panel at the conventions, I have this little PowerPoint going on and I talk about a lot of the really cool and uh, themed restaurants and cafes. Like recently, a new Harry Potter cafe opened up. And, you know, so there's all these really cool and fun things. We're like Demon Slayer, you know, like some of the really popular, at that time, popular anime in Japan. Like they'll have a limited merchandise shop or, you know. So I'll talk about these in my Destination Tokyo panel. And then I'll also give tips for what you need to know when you go to Japan. And one of the things I do tell people, and it's interesting because they always are so surprised by this tip. Um, I tell them, I know that you think when you're going to Japan that you're going to have this crazy Blade Runner kind of futuristic experience and everything is going to be the highest and latest technology Um, I said, but in actuality, there's still a lot of Japan that is very analog and very old school, right? And they're like, what do you mean? Like what, right? And I tell them, say, for instance, there are a lot of places in Japan where they only take cash. And there are some places here too, right? In the US, absolutely. You'll find like a little mom-pop diner or, in fact, the other day I had to go to somewhere, it was like a salon and they only took cash. Um, But, you know, when that is the case, 
they will usually have an ATM nearby and then they'll, you know, send you over to the ATM. Um, in Japan, that's not necessarily so. Uh, say, for instance, I was actually with a friend of mine. This is before I left to come back to the States. So this was, I don't know, about 2006, maybe. And my friend had to get an MRI. So I went with him to the hospital and he got his MRI. Um, and, you know, of course, assuming he would be able to pay by a credit card, the bill, I think, came to like, I don't know, 800 or or $1,000. It, it was a really big amount, right? And they looked at him and the credit and his credit card, they're like, we only take cash. And then my friend's like, what? Are you kidding me? Do you think that I would walk around with $800 or $1,000 in my pocket? That's absurd. But it was, that was, yeah, they didn't, that was all they would, would take. And so he had to run around. And unfortunately, there was not an ATM really close to the hospital, unfortunately. So he had to, if I remember correctly, he had to actually get a cab to find an ATM, a bank with an ATM, and then he had to go there and then come back. I mean, it was just kind of ridiculous. But so one of the things I always tell people when they're, you know, planning trips for Japan, they say, make sure that you bring um, cash. Japan is very much of a cash society. Um, and, you know, really until quite recently, um, as in, I would say the past 10 years or maybe even eight years, even convenience stores would only take cash and they wouldn't take, or they take like these prepaid cards that you have, you know, like Pasmo and the things that you use for like the trains and whatnot, you fill them up and then you can use them at a lot of the convenience stores. However, until quite recently, you weren't able to use a credit card or a debit card at the convenience stores in Japan. Now, when Japan and Tokyo announced that they were going to be doing the 2020 Olympics, a lot changed and the convenience stores started accepting credit cards and um, even the Tokyo banking system started creating a debit card system. Um, so there was a lot done because obviously there were going to be getting, well, you know, this of course was before we even knew about COVID, but they were banking on getting people from all over the world who would have only credit cards to buy things with. And so they wanted to really be able to accommodate that. And, you know, even um, I would say about 14 years ago-ish, um, there, you know, there really wasn't Ah, maybe it's a little bit longer, but the whole ATM scenario in Japan um, for a long time was not a 24-hour ATM. You know how here you just assume that a lot of the ATMs are a 24-hour deal. And so even if the bank isn't open, that you can go to the ATM and you can, you know, um, take out some cash. But in Japan for a very long time until relatively recently, the ATMs were open till 8 p.m. Um, so they would open at like, I don't know, 7 or 8 a.m. And then they close at 8 p.m. But if you are working and you have, you know, you get to work and you're there like early and then you finish late, you're kind of screwed. Um, and this is kind of a interesting fun fact, but because um, I was around when this whole thing happened. So 
I was witness to it, but really it was the coming in of Citibank um, that really changed up a lot of the banking services, right? Because I believe that Citibank was one of the first 24-hour ATMs in Tokyo. Um, once that started, then a lot of the other like big banks, you know, institutions like Fuji, Mizuho Fuji, or um, Mitsubishi, you know, um, a lot of these big Japanese banks were like, oh, shoot, okay, so this is what they're offering. We need to, you know, kind of change things on our side as well. Um, so I thought that was really you know, interesting. And it just happened to, at that time, um, I had a lot of people that were in the banking industry. So I kind of knew and watched as that whole thing went down. Um, but here's another little story that I have to this whole Starbucks or to the whole, you know, cash society thing. But in Japan for a very long time, even Starbucks, which you, you know, you get all the time. You see Starbucks all over Japan on every corner. Not really because they did shut some of them down, unfortunately. But um, even in Starbucks in Japan, they would not take credit cards unless it was a big company order. Um, and so when I first came to the States in 2008, um, you know, I was trying to think to myself, what kind of experience is going to be my first American experience? Because I believe I mentioned in a previous episode that me coming to the U.S. in 2008 was very much of a whole Rip Van Winkle thing where I hadn't been to the States to even visit in 20 years. And so it was almost like I was waking from a deep slumber and everything was new and different for me. So I'm on the plane getting ready to come over to LA and I'm thinking, okay, so where can I go where I won't be too overwhelmed by everything? And I thought Starbucks, I mean, you know, they have them all in Japan and I go to Starbucks in Japan, so it can't be too different, right? So when I get to LAX, I go to Starbucks and I wait in line and then I order my drink and the woman behind the counter, um, you know, I'm like, oh, I'd like a, I think I forgot what I was really into at that time. I think it was like a cappuccino, a wet, uh, wet cappuccino um, and nonfat milk. So I ordered that and, you know, she rung me up and she's like, okay, that'll be $5.38 or I don't remember what the amount was. Right. But so she told me the amount and I take out my wallet. And I'm going through, you know, I get, I get out some bills and then I'm going through my change. I'm like, okay, three, two, three, three. And then I can hear her um, behind the counter going, <sighs> like, she's just, oh, I can't even be, yeah, I, I'm done with this kind of thing. Um, and I'm like, oh, what, why did she just do that? Like, what, you know, what was that? um, very strong reaction from, you know, um, and then the person behind me as well, who was a businessman, he was like in suit, you know, obviously like a frequent traveler. Um, and he was like, ah, you know, also like this whole exasperated, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Um, so I completely freaked out because I'm like, 
what just happened? Right. What did I do wrong? I mean, you know, um, because, in, you know, and then I got out the correct change. Right. And gave her the money. And, you know, yeah, like she kind of gave me so much attitude. And I was thinking to myself, I gave her the right amount because in Japan, a lot of times, and this is not just Starbucks, but a lot of times at other restaurants and whatnot as well. If you give them the exact amount, like you take out your change and like, okay, so that'll be 1,232 yen, right? And then I take it out and I'm like, okay, and I have the exact amount. Then sometimes, not all the time, but I feel like quite often they'll be like, Chodo desu. Arigato gozaimashita, which means that's the exact amount. Thank you very much. Because, you know, I mean, really at the end of the day, I'm doing their job. I'm giving the exact amount so they don't have to give me any change. We don't have to worry about all that, right? So I thought I was doing a good thing by giving the exact amount at the Starbucks LAX. Meanwhile, I go over, wait for my drink, right? And I'm like, okay. Obviously, I did something wrong culturally. I have no idea what it was. Uh, but let's see what he does. This guy that's behind me or that was behind me that gave me this attitude. So I look at him. I'm watching him get his order. And then he takes out a credit card and pays for his order. I'm like, what? You can use credit cards in Starbucks? I was just blown away. <laughs> uh, it was so funny. It was like that. That was, I think, the first huge cultural shock moment for me moving to the States, right? Um, now, of course, things are very different in Starbucks. Now you can use credit cards. You can use debit cards. And it's all good. Um, one more thing, misconception. Um, so I had a lot of friends in Japan when I was still living there who would come to the States a lot with clients, right? And, you know, they would always tell me when they come back, they're like, I don't know why, but we go over, say for instance, to New York, right? With this group of Japanese, the first night, maybe the second night too, they'll be like, oh yeah, I want American steak. I want big steak or I want really good hot dogs or hamburgers or whatever, right? So they're really into the quote unquote American food experience um, for maybe, you know, a couple days, like two days or so. And then they'll be like, okay, I want Japanese food. And I'm like, what? No, why would they do that? I mean, Japanese love foods. I mean, they love food. They are probably some of the foodiest people I know. Like they really, really love great Italian food, great Chinese food. You know, I mean, they love all kinds of food. So that didn't make sense to me. I was like, there's no way. Uh, but I kept hearing this from all my friends, right? So then I move here to LA in 2008 and I have my first client that comes over here. And what do you know? The first night, I think they wanted to have a big steak. So we took them to a steakhouse. Second night, oh, let's do like some fish and chips or something like that. And so we did that. We did more casual, kind of more like diner style food. And then they're like, Oh, Lisa, we really want some Japanese food. We're, 
I'm like, why? There aren't very many at that time in that area we were, and we were not in LA proper. We were in, cause we were, you know, moving around to quite a few locations. And so where we are, there was really not very much in the way of Japanese food. Um, and I said, well, you know, and I was looking at Yelp and I said, okay, so we have these options and the Japanese food option, not looking that good. And like, oh, daijoba, daijoba. That's okay. That's okay. We want to go there anyway. So we go there, right? I'm like, okay, I don't think it'll be that good though. I think it'll be very Americanized Japanese food. It won't be authentic, of course. And they're like, no, that's okay. So we get to the restaurant. And what do you know? The whole time, like, they're like, what? I can't believe that this is their curry rice. And they're like going on and on about how everything isn't authentic. Oh, it's not so good. And I'm like, I could have told you. Actually, I did tell you guys. <sighs> but, you know, it's okay. It's all good. Um, but, you know, it's fine. It, it's, it is interesting how sometimes all these misconceptions people have, and it, it goes both ways. Um, you know, a lot of people here in the U.S. have misconceptions about Japan and Japanese. Oh, you know, everything about Jen, uh, everything about Japan is either super Zen or it's super hyper Blade Runner. Um, and yes, is there some of that in Japan and the Japanese culture and the people? Absolutely. But that's not at all the whole experience, right? Um, and, and vice versa for the Japanese when they come over here. Um, sometimes I hear, you know, some of the comments. I'm like, ha, no, you guys, that's such a misconception. Um, so Anyway, today is about sushi every day and other misconceptions. I hope that you enjoyed my podcast. I'm super excited to be traveling around from tomorrow, um, but continue to enjoy your summer wherever you are joining me from and have a fabulous, fabulous day or night or week. And I look forward to seeing you again on my next episode. Thank you for joining me on Adventures of a Blonde Geisha. This is your Blonde Geisha host, Liesl, signing off. Sayonara, sayonara, sayonara. Sayonara.